Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brands. We are back here exactly where we need to be. We're on the corner of Fairwood Avenue and Griffith Street, and that only means one thing. It means Triple C Brewing. It's great to see you, Danny Brams. Great to see you, Johnny. Great to be here at Triple C. Little taste of the old as we uh, gaze into the new. You know, it's a uh, it's a day of uh, looking at where we're at. We're taking stock today because uh, we have a week and a half off. There's no games. It's an international break, and Charlotte FC stands poised at the precipice of greatness. And it's a situation where maybe we have to exercise a few old demons before we can move forward. Who knows? What do you think? And that, that's why we came here. And that's why we are going to set the theme of the episode early. So that theme simply is the old and the new. And what does that mean? And how does that apply to Charlotte FC? Well, you're going to find out here in the next hour on the show because we got, we've got a ton to talk about. First and mm-hmm. foremost, we've got to talk about the fact that there was a penalty call in the final moments of Charlotte FC's road match on Saturday night against Nashville. Okay, at the end of the year, you're going to be like, hey, I'm really mad about the, the stoppage time penalty uh, call that gave Nashville a PK. And I'm going to be like, which one? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. fuck. And the TFOs know. And speaking of the TFOs, uh, we put out a call. We put a. We put a. You. You. Right. They used to call it one eight hundred collect. Yeah, we used to call it the bat signal, but right. now, now it's like one eight hundred pat. Yeah. If you're one eight hundred C A L L P A T. Call Pat. Throw your TFOs questions out the line, and uh, we will answer them. Like I love the gift that you chose for that tweet, Johnny. It was beautiful because <laughs> you know, like I said, we've been all about. Oh, we threw out the bat signal to the TFOs. It, it, the bat signal is no longer the metaphor. The metaphor is call Pat. Uh, you get your questions in. I can't wait to answer a bunch of questions. We got some great ones, and it's been a while. I will admit, it has been a while since we have done a full-on TFOs question segment. You know, we try to always just answer the questions that we think are on your mind anyway. But we love the chance to get direct questions from y'all, and it's time to bring it back. And the old and the new. The old and the new, baby. Jorge Torres, Bridget McCall, Ash Hamrick, DB's Hot Takes, Mike Mecklenburger, Spurts Guy, Len Kornekia, <laughs> Nothing Man, Chris Hardy, <laughs> Matty C8. Everybody's coming in. Brandon Davis. Some of the greatest Max TFOs well, of all time. Dave, Dave Lively. They're, they're all hanging out on the show tonight. So um, while you're listening to the show, just, just make sure that you know that they are all here in spirit on this evening in Southend. We're out here on the corner, as I mentioned, Fairwood and it's, Griffith. So when we were planning this episode, we were like, okay, when do we want to do our next taping, blah, blah, blah. And John goes, Tuesday night, happy hour. The vibes will be immaculate. And you you nailed it, Johnny. The vibes are immaculate right now. We, we're out on Triple C on the corner. People are walking. The beautiful people of Charlotte are walking by. Uh, people are driving by in their cool cars. We're listening to great music out here on on the uh, on the grass patio at Triple C. They're busting the old uh, the jam band music, which I love. I've heard Fish. I've heard Grateful Dead. I've heard Widespread Panic. You know, I'm, uh, I heard a we heard a, a slow blues version of an old Sneaker Pimp song from the '90s. So like things are going very well right now out here on this patio. That's all I can say. Uh, and we've got a big announcement to make. Uh, there's going to be a special episode of the show recorded this Friday. We'll let you hang on to exactly what that... What could it be? What that could, could it be? be? I, I your don't hint, know. Your only hint is that this is something we've been talking about for a long time. So, yeah. Exactly. It's the international break, and it means that Charlotte FC is off at the weekend. Yeah. And it means that some and, people in and around the organization might have an hour <laughs> to spend some time with us. Throw an hour to the Charlotte Soccer Show and see what happens. <laughs> you see your Q rating skyrocket if you're Scotty Arfield or various members of the Charlotte Independence. Here's my question, though, Johnny. Should we be in playoff position right now in this international break? I mean, we're at the international break on the verge of playoff position, but we kind of should already be there, shouldn't we? Well, there's two things that that quickly jumped to my mind in that scenario, and that is the egregious free kick at home that Mm -hmm. somehow found the back of the net, and then the the penalty on the road... Mm -hmm. In the in the and, in the dying, you, you know, well, you know when you're, you're you've got a fire going, mm-hmm. and the ambers, yeah, and they're dying, right, and it feels like this thing will never come back to life, right. Something, All I got to do is pour water on this thing, and it's over. Somehow, some way, at Nashville, against 
one of MLS's golden boys to protect another MLS golden boy, right. Charlotte FC gave up a penalty. It's interesting in, to, when you frame in, it in that extra way. time. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's the same weakness both times because even though it was a penalty kick from Mukhtar that, and, and you know. To be honest, the more I looked at it, like I was like dead nailed on. This is not a penalty for about probably 36 <laughs> hours or so after the match. And then finally I saw this one replay that I was like, man, Bernie really did hook his arm there. That it was a penalty. That sucks. But regardless of that, what I wanted to say is even though it was a penalty kick that scored the goal that, that took our two points away and drew with us, um, it was a long ball into the box that set up the penalty. And it was clean. Like you and I, John, we were watching the game. Uh, at separate locations, but I think we both had similar reaction, which was Joe Willis, the Nashville keeper, sends a long ball in the 90 plus eighth minute of a four minute stoppage time. And both of us, I can only imagine telepathically, were like screaming, Kalina, come off your line, come get this ball. And he didn't do it. And that that's what led, it shouldn't even, like as bad as I, uh, thought originally about the burn penalty call. It shouldn't have not even been a play because Kalina should have come off of his line to get it. And it's a similar situation with the kick against Orlando, the free kick that bounced into our net to steal two points away from us at home against Orlando in the rain. So it's like like not being ready for long kicks into the box in the stoppage time is kind of the theme of these four points that we've dropped. And we would kill for these four points. But at the same time, I got a lot of positive takeaways from the, for the form that we showed in those three games in seven days. So where do you stand on it? Well, some people are asking, is George Marks the answer uh, in the net? Is, 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 are, are these mistakes by Christian Kalina mistakes that, that you have to look at and ask yourself, right. is, is this a problem? Well, it comes down to what, you know, it's tough to make an analogy direct one-to-one from a sports team to a workplace. But like, think about like in your workplace. Are you happy with the one guy who's like able to deliver amazing things you've never seen before, but then always makes the one big F up that screws you? Or would you rather just have slow, steady Eddie, the guy who you know is going to miss a few things and is probably going to make some, some, you know, average mistakes that anyone would make, but at the same time is never going to do anything insane. The analogy doesn't really work for me, but what I'm trying to say is Kalina has an element and there's a reason he has his own chant there's a reason we say Kalina let's get fucked up shout out Rachel White um yeah like Kalina makes these saves he made saves against Nashville that I didn't think uh, most goalkeepers would make and then he lets the dumb error in and you're just like mother effer the key phrase here is three words four words excuse me command of the box right do you have it as a keeper? Do you not? We're, we're going to get so, into that what conversation. I, think is, I don't want to, uh, off the top of the show here, Danny. Right, it's not I, a keeper discussion. I, I, it's yeah. not a keeper discussion. Here's the deal. It's not happening. Kalina's yes, a veteran. Thank you. Laddie has an okay. established history of key. preferring veterans. That's the key. If George Marks isn't coming in, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm not going to waste yeah, my time exactly, having yeah. this conversation. Thank you, yeah. Because thank Christian Kalina right. will be the number one keeper. 100%. For, for the, the next nine games. Yeah, yeah, for the yeah, remainder exactly. of the season. Yeah, not even and, a question. <laughs> and that's how it will But, uh, man, be. I wish he didn't F up. Just though, That big mistake, just, like, you got to be locked in for the whole – got a lot to play to the whistle. I will give him one bit of grace, and I certainly will not – uh, in regards to the ball at home against Orlando. But on the road, there was some weird, awkward spin on that ball that landed in the box, and that's why why Byrne had to make the right. adjustment, adjustment, hook the arm, and, and take down the, the Nashville player for the penalty. At that moment, even if Kalina came out, his decision – would have had to be made he, 10 seconds He would have that. had to make a split-second decision, I agree. But when when I saw Willis kick that ball, I immediately said, Yes. Keeper! Yes. I was at I was at the uh, – I don't know where you were watching, Johnny. I was blessed enough to be invited to a uh, tremendous friend of the show, Michael Volak. You, you were at a TIFO's party? I was at a TIFO's dinner party. We were cooking up uh, – he cooked up some ribs. And the funniest thing – he cooked up a delicious meal for us all, Ooh. but the ribs were slightly overcooked, Ooh. and Volak was pissed. He was fucking stewing in the corner the whole time. He was so mad at himself for, in his mind, screwing up the ribs. They were delicious, by the way. Like, they was a fucking awesome meal, but they weren't perfect, perfect, perfect. And he was, you know, you if you if you've grilled, you know, when you're when you consider yourself a grill master. Nothing is, short of perfection. Right? The meat has to be done exactly as as you plan. And if it's not, 
you have to make sure that other people enjoy it. And even if they tell you that you enjoy it, you don't really believe it because it wasn't exactly. cooked to exactly the way he you wasn't believing. And I was telling it. I was trying to say, Mike, this meat is slightly charred, but it's falling. It's like literally, it's coming off the bone, but not dripping off the bone. It's exactly what you want with ribs. Right. He nailed it for the most. He didn't. He got like an eighty-five percent. And it was pretty, and I'll take that every fucking time. So, well, the good news is, is that uh, after hearing that review, <laughs> is that the only other option for uh, Michael Volek is to host another ribs party. Yes, and to get try it, to do better, to get it right the second time, because that's that's the point of of cooking. That's the point of playing yeah. soccer, and that's the uh, point of doing this podcast. Because right. every time we we hang out here and do a show, we try to to make it as 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 good as possible. Right. For the TIFOs. And the whole point of bringing that up is that I screamed in the middle of Volak's living room, Keeper! As soon as that ball. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I'm looking at the clock, I'm like, do, I was like, I was like, when that ball was in the air, I was like, do not give up these points. And then we surrender. And like, it was this sense of like, if fate accompli, you know, where it's just like, the ball's in the air and you're like, this is going to, before the ball even came down, I'm like, somehow this is going to be a penalty and we fucking lose the two points. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it was. And uh, you, you can buy into the conspiracy aspect of it. Uh, you can you can buy into the messy mania. You can buy into the fact and that, I will. that Charlotte FC is in a playoff race with the MLS darlings. Mm-hmm. And what that means for the future of this club, we we, we can have that debate. Daddy. There, there's literally nothing more important to MLS right now than the narrative of Messi winning a treble in his first half season in MLS. Right. There's just nothing, and he's already got one. He's playing in the U.S. Open Cup final, and they just need they they really need to eliminate pesky Charlotte FC. Here's my whole thing for the f- fuel for the conspiracy theorists. I've said this on social media. Let me say it on a microphone. We are the most dangerous team to enter Miami's playoff hopes because A, we play them twice, and B, we have a game in hand on everybody else. So everybody else, we're more dangerous because we have that game in hand, and also we have two head-to-head six-pointers against Miami. So like, they can't have us be even with Miami. They can't. It can't be like a we draw and hold our ninth position, and Miami gets tenth. They they don't. They want Miami to beat a, to skip us with a draw, you know, type of thing. So we'll see. It's it's Charlotte I will FC have... versus Inter Miami, and don't get it twisted because because Vers- that is the remainder of the season. Right. The New York clubs are spiraling. They won't make the playoffs. Uh, they're both below us, and they're not going to pass us. We still need to beat. D- we need to win anyway, so it doesn't matter that DC and Chicago are ahead of us because we play them, and if we lose, it doesn't matter. So. Uh, yeah, it's and, and where you say you say Charlotte FC versus Miami. I say Charlotte FC versus MLS. I'm steering into the conspiracy <laughs> theories, bro. I don't care. We're, you know, the the New York clubs may not get us, but the New York home office may. You know what I'm saying? It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. You can hear us uh, here on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you're listening to this on podcast, Podbean, you on, know? on YouTube. If <laughs> you're, if you're yeah. there as well, you, you can get yeah. every episode on YouTube. You can no find doubt. us there, and. Uh, you can follow Danny at Danny Brams. You can follow me at John Hayes on air. But follow the show. That's the best thing to do. Right. Don't worry about us because we're very, very close to a thousand followers on X. What a number! And if we today, I was thinking, I was really realizing that we were six followers away from a thousand. And I thought to myself, hmm, who is going to be the one thousandth <laughs> follower? And if you are the one thousandth follower. We gotta do something for you. We gotta buy you a beer. We gotta do at least something for you. As I am drinking here, and I never got a chance to ask right, you, yeah. what you're drinking tonight. So this was uh, this is my third beer of the night. I'm gonna admit we had a few pre-show beers. Um, I've changed up every order so far. So this is a I had a I had a Deborah IPA earlier. Yeah. I had a uh, a new beer here at Triple C. Brand new. I like I love anything new on the menu. So hey, it was De- hazy. Yeah. It was, really it was hazy. a really hazy IPA, high ABV as well. Then I grabbed a Golden Boy because I was like, "Hey, Triple C, there's still time." Even though we've our, even though our permanent home is at EPR and we branched out back to get some lo- some old school love at Triple C tonight, there's still time for Triple C to, to give us a hookup with a sponsorship on the yeah. Golden Boy Man of the Match. So I'm drinking Golden Boy. But then now my third beer here was a recommendation from you. This is a beer you drank earlier tonight. It was called a Neon Lime, which is sort of like a crisp lager with a hint of lime mixed into the brew so it's like you already squeezed the lime which is a, you know, people say don't fruit the beer I actually disagree with that I think a nice squeeze of a lime or an orange can actually add a lot to a beer me too and uh, citrus, in, citrus can add a lot to right. anything in Texas it's very customary to squeeze a lime into your Dos Equis or, or 
even a Lone Star or things like that. So uh, the the Neon Lime reminds me of if I can sing a song here. I know you're about to just tell your beer in a second. This has been a long digression, but uh, one of my favorite uh, Texas country songs is uh, by Brooks and Dunn, Neon Moon. You know, I spend most every night underneath the light of a neon moon. So I think that's the inspiration for the Neon Lime name. It feels like a Texas beer. And uh, all I can say is uh, when you lose your one and only, there's always room for the lonely. It, I've got a neon lime too, so I, you don't have to hear me. Cheers. Uh, do that as well. Because I couldn't top that anyway. <laughs> um, but I've, I, I, as we're here and we're, we're uh, about 15 minutes into the show, and this is at the point of the show where people are committed to listening, and I appreciate right. that. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, so we have uh, the best podcast <laughs> listening audience in the freaking business. We do. Um, so. Uh, I w- w- wanted to give you a little behind-the-scenes access into the uh, the theme of the show, the old and the new. Right. And why we ended up here at Triple C this evening is because we tried to go to the new Sycamore Brewing. Mm-hmm. I showed up there at 4.45 on a Tuesday looking to have a nice happy hour party, to bring a couple dogs, to enjoy myself, and to feel exactly what South End was and what should be. And I was hit square in the face with a new reality. That things were what they are not today. And I would categorize Sycamore Brewing as one of the most influential brewing brewers in Charlotte, North Carolina. And and to, to see what is happening at their location and to feel like I couldn't even be there was personally a moment of imagination. The thought of where else do I want to be? Yeah. Because I don't want to be here. You've been smacked in the face with a harsh new reality that you don't want any part of, and you retreat to comfort and what pops in your mind. Triple C. How, how can I get back in my car and how can I go further south? Yeah. And how can I find a place that, that, that welcomes dogs inside, that brews some of the, the best beers, that attracts some of the most interesting people mm-hmm. in Charlotte on a Tuesday afternoon? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's Triple C. The beautiful people. The beautiful people. <laughs> for it, sure. It's, it's not Sycamore. And it was... It was sad. It was right. sobering. So when you when you think about a place that like established the whole like train uh, train trail culture and like the the spirit of South, like the reason half these people moved into these apartment complexes that are on the train trail was to go to Sycamore on the reg, you know. That's and like right. it used to be this great like dirt open area like that you would go anything sit goes. outside with a picnic table. Anything could could happen. You might hop on the train and, and head uptown afterwards you might hop on the train and head south you, you, you might know, eat like, dinner yeah. and have a food truck right exactly you know, a meal that is, that and is then fantastic victims of their own success right like yes. nothing cool lasts forever because it becomes too cool for its own good I think that's true um, not always true but it becomes true for a lot of things a lot of phenomena and I think what we've seen with Sigmore the fact I so Inside in the process, I was running late to our whole get together. I wouldn't even allow you to be there. And we were on. I was on my way to meet you at Sycamore. I got the text that said, "Hey, pivot, (laughs) (laughs) pivot, (laughs) Jeremy, pivot." If if you ever no 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 no. if you ever if you ever hear someone at the stadium yelling, pivot, (laughs) it's because it's me. And it's because it's after a famous Friends episode where a couch is trying to be moved up the stairs. Stairs. If you know, you know. But that's Andrew Privet's call. Mm-hmm. If we all yelled Privet together at the stadium at once. Every time he makes a good play. <laughs> yeah. It would, be, it would be epic. He would be like, oh, shit. Like, uh, let, me, let me get myself together and make another play. But, but anyway, the, the point of the old and the new is, is that Sycamore was once old. And it's now new. And Triple C is 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 a brewery that's right. remained true to itself. So the question that I have to ask you, Danny, is how does Charlotte FC now 
a, a, almost two years, let's call it two years into its existence, right? Because at this point, before the first season, we were already a year behind. So I think two years is a is a fair point of reference. And I think you could, you could even go back to three years if you wanted to. But at this point, after success, because if you look at things, certain things in the MLS, attendance, interest, fanaticism, supporters groups, Charlotte FC has it all. Mm-hmm. It's booming compared to a lot of MLS towns. We got a lot of supporters groups in the country. The royal family. So after you think about that, how does Charlotte FC, Danny, stay true to itself? during change I mean it's a question we're going to ask a guest on Friday I mean I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about the old and the new and it's just funny like I wanted to somehow weave music into this episode so I don't want to grasp too, too, too much but it's just fitting that we're on this old and new theme and Triple C threw up legit my favorite talking head song that I have not heard in like years and years and years. It's called Up All Night. I don't know if you can hear it on the background of, of the mic, but uh, Talking Heads Up All Night is just one of the absolute greatest songs of all time. It's I'm listening to it right now and I'm thinking, this is a song that like I used to listen to like every freaking day and every week. It used to be part of like my makeup. It was on every playlist and I haven't heard it in years and now I'm hearing it again. And I thought to myself, as you were as I was contemplating that and then you were talking about the old and new with Charlotte FC. I thought to myself, stay true to what works. Yeah. Play Carol Swiderski. Play Adilson Melanda. <laughs> Play Brant Bronico. Don't ever take Bronico out of the lineup no, ever. ever. Like, yeah. you go sign two other midfielders, put him on the fucking wing. Bronico stays in. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, stay true to your freaking self, man. Like, it's like... Because the We're, season is long. Right. And there's many chapters. Mm-hmm. It's like a book. Mm-hmm. And you think about the chapters. And by, by, mm-hmm. by the final chapter, you, know, you've, you, you would have gone through change, but the main characters right. remain the same. Well, you, yeah. And, like, it's character arc, right? It's it's the chance to grow. So you need to grow in a po- – change needs to be growth in a positive direction. Change right. can't be changed for the sake of change. No, uh, it, can't you know be cha- it can't be changed for the sake of money. Right. 100%. And that's and that's what I'm trying to say here tonight, yeah. is that yeah. you can't change for the sake of money because if you change for the sake of money, you're changing for no one. Right. You're so only you, changing for yourself. And and it goes back to what where we started this whole conversation, which we appreciated people following with us because this is kind of like a nuanced sort of abstract. Like we're talking about Charlotte FC, we're talking about Charlotte as a city, and we're talking about life to be honest. And so uh, what I would say is Sycamore was a victim of his own success and had to change for money. They had to build... The land became too valuable to just operate a little sleepy little backyard brewery that everybody loved. It had to be turned into a condo complex with a brewery in the basement. And like, you know, if you go there and have a good time, I'm not going to begrudge you, but like, it just... It's very interesting to me that like you walked into that place today and couldn't handle it and said, I need to get back to like the roots of what I really love, and I, and, and I think that is instructive. Because if you ever go to a Charlotte FC match, and you're somebody who's a day zero supporter, like many of you TIFOs are, people that listen to the, this show, Danny, that's, right. that's not sugarcoated here. <laughs> right. It's like the people that listen to this right. show are people that have been interested right. and involved since day zero, and what yes. that means is that they are the fabric of exactly what this club is. And if, if the club ever, ever changes monetarily without actually mm-hmm. discussing with the foundation of supporters what's best, then maybe things might not end up exactly how you hoped they would. Right. And so that's why I do want to say that as much as we're sort of like trying to hold on to sort of a, a originalist spirit and, and sort of claim property rights on, on OG uh, citizenship as I'm well. I'm not a gatekeeper. I'm not a gatekeeper. I won't be a gatekeeper. Don't, don't, not, not a no, gatekeeper, no. no. But it just just making a claim to like what matters to us. That's all I'm, I'm... When we're talking about what matters to us, it's that original feeling that got us in this club. That's all I'm saying. Right. But what I will also say is change is inevitable. You can't like stop change. So you need to sort of like guide your growth and like it's all about like which direction do you evolve in. Like you said, you can't change just for money. So here's something that is on my, been on my mind as we're just talking about sort of like 
it's great that we've talked 20 minutes and we haven't even mentioned a pl- you know hardly mentioned a player's name because we're just talking about the club. We're just talking about like what the club means. We, we mentioned Patrick Oshman. So uh, Sam Spencer, like you know, not only am I a, a, a podcaster for Charlotte FC, I'm an <laughs> avid podcast listener. I listen to all the other casts. I like to know what people are talking about. I there, care there, about there's this club, so much you know? room yeah. in this space, right. and it was it was awesome to see David Gussler. At the match, yeah, yeah, we got, to, we got to hang with Gus. Got to uh, tell yeah. him that the co- yeah. coffee and soccer in the morning—one of the best things that, that has started on in match the day—has yeah. been such a great listen. Totally agree. And we were chant. It was great to like chant with like fellow podcast host yeah. uh, David Gessler <laughs> as we were going. But I listen to all the shows, and so one I, I always enjoy is the CLTFC podcast, which is very interview focused. I I was lucky enough to be on with Nick before. Uh, recently, a couple episodes ago, he had Sam Spencer, who writes Soccer Sheet, works for Queen City Nerve, and Sam just like got a re- really into the weeds about like what soccer and football means to communities and things like that. And he really inspired me, like with the way he was like talking about how one of the big selling points for Charlotte FC since the launch has been the party, obviously. And it's like come to the party, show up at the bank, you'll have the party. Yeah, you know, we're a party at the bank. A party, yeah. You know, yeah. So and that's great, and that's good, and that gets people excited and happy, especially in the hot summer excited. months. Yeah, get, I love parties. Well, the whole point of this show is that we're, I'm partying right fucking now. <laughs> but what I love what Sam said was he hopes – what he loves about football is the way that he has seen it spread a sense of community and, and bring people together that wouldn't otherwise get together, cross all kinds of boundaries in, in terms of uh, demographics and things like that, and just he just – wants to see Charlotte evolve in a more of a less a little like don't throw the party away but let's de-emphasize the party necessarily a little bit to emphasize the community and the fact that it's it's a Charlotte FC match is something that you can go in to build pride in your city and togetherness in your city and you can meet new neighbors and you know this Johnny because you have your regulars like where you sit your season tickets you have your regulars and like you go you probably look forward to going and seeing the same I people like, from game to game yes absolutely and the idea of community is is part of the fabric of the show. Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Rams. We're back here on the corner of Fairwood and Griffith Street. TIFOs questions, <laughs> let's go. It's time to do the TIFOs question tonight. We, we said that we were going to We got a lot of them. People got, answered the call. Yes, yeah. It's not hard to answer the call, but Patrick's calling you. Right, exactly. You, you, see, exactly. you see that caller ID and you say, <laughs> oh, I got to answer oh, this sure. one. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even if he, he, even if he leaves a voicemail, you don't even get pissed off that he didn't text you. So, uh, I love it. If we can get into these questions right here, right now, it's pretty, it's it's pretty simple, Danny, because it's one of my favorite Charlotte FC slash Charlotte Soccer Show slash exercises in general is to put you on the spot rapid and, fire? and ask you rapid fire TFO's questions. So let's start with our friend of the show, Jorge Turos. He tweets in. He says, "Do we struggle under pressure slash end of game moments or?" Is there something else to this? Yes. Our team gets kind of like, oh, shit, we might be about to win. Better be careful. Like, I'm trying to think what it's the um, – there's a phenomenon for this. It's it's uh, There's a really good analogy for this where uh, – it's like golf. It's like golf where you start thinking about, you you know, you make a couple nice pars, you make a birdie, you're looking good. You're on the 15th tee, and you're trying to think, oh, man, I, I could turn to 60, 69. I might, I, might, I might turn to 68 here, That's you know? And like. we're on the 15th yeah. tee, and you start thinking about your final score. And, and it's gone it's from there, yeah, because yeah. yeah. you forgot to think about the the, the drive on mm-hmm. 15 exactly. that needs to be placed exactly where you place it all all round long. And I think that's exactly right, Jorge, is, is that, you know, there's nothing more to this except for nervousness, and I've called yeah. that on the podcast a thousand times. 100%. Is that this team gets nervy. In the last 10 minutes, and I promise you that it's not going to go away anytime soon. Just with experience, you can maybe get better within that um, 10 minutes. Ash Hamrick. Legend. Why do we keep playing Nathan Byrne? 
Shout out to Ash. Love Ash. Ash Hamrick is a legend. He's always the one that wants us to do uh, Twitter spaces after every match. After every match, Ash is like, is there you guys doing fucking spaces tonight or what? And I, I respect that. We will get back to it at some point, I'm sure. Uh, to answer your question, I don't know, man. Bernie's kind of like the Kalina of defenders. He has his, his high-profile mistakes that cost <laughs> us, but damn, he's, he makes some plays that like save goals. Yes. And like yeah. he's made some tremendous plays. And as much as I used to be... A, a pure burn basher. I, I can't hate on Nathan Byrne anymore. Uh, I wish he would be a little better, but he's one of our guys that makes plays. DB's hot takes chimes in. Danny Brackets. Is this when we officially promote the new show? Oh, we should. Yeah, yeah. Danny Brackets, our boy. Uh, Liverpool at Liverpool CLTFC with our another friend of the show, Matt Gesslin, have a new podcast that if you're into European football, you should definitely be listening to. Full-time report. Look for it on Apple. Look for it on Spotify. Quote, unquote, wherever you get your podcast. Podbean, <laughs> you know, whatever whatever app you're using out there. Uh, he asks us, Danny, he says, how does this midfield influx shake out by the end of the season? Who is our core? And I'll preface this by, you just have to listen to Scotty Arfield on the Charlotte Soccer Show. He'll tell you. Competition. <laughs> I would like to see Scotty starting. It's tough for me to see Scott relegated to a super sub after we made such a great connection with him uh, on the show. And yet he's scored two very significant goals as a sub. So what can you say? Uh, sadly, not winners. Uh, one of them was a winner. The other one wasn't. But uh, the other one should have been. Um, I don't know. I think the core is is our, our field's in the core. Whether he's starting or not, he's part of the core. He's he's embraced this uh, being part of the crown more than almost anyone has. Way more than fucking Nuno Santos ever did. Uh, instantly. Uh, I think Brecht is in the core if he's healthy. Just the technical ability and the, the way he changed games by just being someone who could link up with Carroll blew my mind in the in the three games and seven days that we did last week. So I, I don't know if he's healthy, though. I think he's got a muscle pull. I would have to think he's back after the international break, but it could be more serious. But our core is like, our core, core, core is, for me, Kalina. People can disagree on that one. But then it's Melanda. It's Urinen. Love the Finn, what he was able to bring uh, in his minutes so far. Full debut. For me, it's Lindsay. Uh, as much as I just praised Nathan Byrne last answer, I would still rather see Lindsay starting <laughs> over him. Yeah. Um, it's Westwood, the captain. Uh, you know, love the fact that I've had a few conversations with Ashley and I've never referred to him by his first name. I just call him Captain. <laughs> you know, kind of like, kind of like Captain America, kind of like Ant Man. Yeah. You know, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And so, <laughs> when I'm like Ant-Man, like, yeah, we call him Cap, you know? You know? Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, um, other than that, at Westwood's in the core. Brawny's in the core. I just said that last segment before uh, uh, it trailed off into nothingness. And um, Carol's in the core. And really, it's take your pick on the wing for me at this point. I mean, Brecht is, Brecht is in there as a winger to keep Bronico in the midfield core. Jones is core. We always we have a much better record with Jones than without. He's been poor the last two matches, but we didn't drop. We didn't lose either of those matches. I don't know. He was great three matches ago. So, with reference to the last minute equalizers in FC, and and I want to be very very specific here is that these questions are about Christian Kalina. Who's this? Who's this? This is from multiple people. Yes, okay. Mike Mecklenberger and Bridget McCall. Should Kalina still be our keeper, and uh, when is it time to talk about Marks replacing Kalina, and why is it now? So, uh, one of my favorite nights of any year is New Year's Eve, and that's when it's time to start talking about Marks replacing Kalina. <laughs> Season's going to be long gone. <laughs> we're we're going to be enjoying the 2023 <laughs> holiday season here in Charlotte. The season's going to be over. And it's going to be New Year's Eve. And yeah. sure, George Marks, if right. you want the job, maybe right. we'll talk about it. Right. George, is, George is a great guy, but Clean is our goalkeeper. Yes, there, there's there's no doubt about that. Uh, Chris Hardy. I love this question. One of my favorite questions of the bunch. Great. I think this is, might be the first question that we've ever had from Chris Hardy. Thank you, Chris, for jumping in. Is our field our game changer? Last few games have proved his presence makes the difference. It no. does. Let me. I'll answer question with a question. Does he come in and change games? Well, the yes. answer is yes. <laughs> there you go. Len Kornakia, uh, Len. I still haven't met Len in person. I know you have. He's a legend. I'm, I'm jealous that I haven't done that. Uh, he asks, 
With the three signings this past transfer period, who now are our best starting 11? Danny Brams, rapid fire. Hit me from the back all the way to the forward position. Kalina, Urinen, Privet, Melanda, Lindsay, Westwood, Bronico, Arfield, Vargas, Swiderski, Gaines. Deagra super sub. I start Arfield over over Brecht personally. Maybe Ma- personal bias. Maddie C8 chimes in. It's a long question. Let's see if I can get through it all. Uh, after seeing Enzo play these last two games, who would you rather sub in for Carroll up front? It seems obvious to me that Patrick Ajemong is the best option for hold-up play, distribution, and winning headers. Capetti only seems to offer better defensive pressure. What am I missing? You want to know who I want to sub in for Carol Swiderski? Fucking nobody. That's who. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, Sorry. Yeah. like, go the full nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, play nine Yeah, years. exactly. As far as my preferred striker, to sub in to play alongside Carroll up top. Give me the kid, man. Call Patrick. What? Are you kidding me? I, like, I'm not going to turn this into a petty bashing session. It's all about how much I love Patrick. Yes. I would rather have him. Uh, Brandon Davis, shout out to Brandon, good friend of the show. He tweets in, should the core of the team remain intact? Does Enzo have a place on this team? I'm going to honestly say depends on who you think the core of the team is. I just kind of outlined it based on uh, the previous Len question. Uh, but uh, if you think the core is Westwood, Arfield, Melanda, Lindsay, Bronico, then yes, that should remain intact. I think there's a very real scenario where we lose all three DPs, where we just re-roll. Let's re-roll. <laughs> you know? Like, sorry. Hit the wait, reset wait, button on all three on, DPs. Wait, hold on, hold on. Camille Uziak still plays for this team? <laughs> <laughs> I think he started last match, didn't he? Fuck. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't see him out there. I don't know. I mean, Camille is, is activity masquerading his achievement every time. I mean, he's had some good stretches, but he needs to do better for sure. I know it's hard to come back from in. Like, it's like... 75% of Camille's time has been either injured or still trying to get back from injury. So it's kind of, t- and then like the other 20, the 25% of the time when he was like at the top of his game, he was great. So what do you do with that? I could, I, I, I don't hate moving on from all three DPs to be perfectly honest. If we get the right price. Dave Lively tweets in, I know for a fact this is his first question. Welcome to the show, Dave. You're and part of the resistance now. I love his Twitter handle. It might actually be my favorite of the group. It's at Be More Lively. Uh, <laughs> he tweets in, he says, uh, why doesn't Charlotte FC tarp over the upper deck when it's not open? Seems like it would make the fortress more menacing and would visually improve the experience. We know the reason they didn't last year was because the local broadcast used the empty seats as a as a blue screen. It was to very like progressive. Graph, it was very progressive really in, cool. until yeah. they canceled all the local broadcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apple TV hasn't hasn't shown the same interest, and so I'm going to say that's a very good question, and I will ask someone who might know very soon. Again, the final question is, and this is what we're going to do for our final segment this evening. It is how many points does Charlotte FC pick up? during the rest of September. The September schedule is out. We're going to go over it. We're going to discuss it. We're going to get you set for the final month of the season. Oh, well, it's not the final month. October is there, but this month means absolutely everything. We're going to do that. We're going to debate it, and we're going to figure out exactly how many points that this club needs to make the playoffs or the play-in game. I don't know if it's the same thing, but I don't think it really matters. Back after this. <laughs> final question, final answer, Johnny. And here we are to ask that final question, and it's going to be something that I'm, I'm, I'm interested in because I, I told you before. The you show, loved this question. I love this this, this stuck out to you from the very yes. jump. As soon as as soon as we put out the Patrick Agi call and the TIFOs answered, this was the one that you were like, yes. 
Well, the reason why is because there's been so much discussion in the Charlotte FC fan base among the supporters about the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Sure. And how important the rest of the season is. And, and, and I agree that the rest of the season right. means everything. How many points are we going to get the rest of the season? Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah but let's, let's, let's take that sample size and let's shrink it a little bit. Pull a Rick Moranis. Honey, honey, I shrunk the games in hand. <laughs> let's talk let's talk about the, the games that are like within our foreseeable future. Right. Exactly. Well, and hey. and and Max at Shymax. I love Shymax. Shymax is one of our best TIFOs for sure. And I say that about a lot of people, and I mean that a lot about a lot of people. <laughs> he asks us how many points does Charlotte pick up during the rest of September? And that means at home against DC United, at home against Philly, which is, by the way, the same thing we just experienced against Orlando and against Nashville, a, a, a Saturday-Wednesday. Yeah. A Saturday-Wednesday. That's how this squad is coming back with the Saturday-Wednesday at home. I hope it rains again on Wednesday night against Philly. So DC, Philly, at home, and then at Cincy and at New England. That is 12 points up for grab. How many points, Danny Rams, to get to the next round? Need or get? To Are get we predicting? To the next- <laughs> Are we predicting? Need. To get to the next round, I think we need seven. I think we need seven from the stretch because DC has to be a win no matter what. Like, there's there's no – not only, like, it's not even about a number. It's that we need the three versus DC to jump them in the standings. It's not even, it's not even a question. This is a six-pointer. This is a playoff six-pointer, no doubt, our next match at home. So there's that. So we need those three, and they need to be specifically against DC. Then we need. Then we have three after that. One home, two away against three of the best teams in MLS, all in the East. Uh, Cincinnati in first place in the East last I checked. Philadelphia, the defending East champions. New England has the reigning MLS MVP on their squad. So there you go. Three, three, uh, three little birds, as Bob Marley might sing. But uh, you know what I'm here to tell you? Don't worry. Bad a thing because every little thing is gonna be alright. Dun dun da 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 da. You know, you know, you know what I want you to think about, Danny. I want you to think about three little points right on your doorstep. <laughs> Singing sweet songs. I'm all about it, baby. Here's what I think, dude. Here's what I fucking think about this fucking team. And I'll fucking tell you in a goddamn uh, private message, I'll tell it to the fucking rooftops on top of Mount Everest. It doesn't matter who we play anymore. We're a new team. This is a fucking team that controls games. The system is working. And and how are you going to mix (laughs) the old with the new? Exactly, dude. So here we've got, what have we got? What have we got the old? The old. The Bronicos, the Swiderskis, the Kalinas, the freaking stalwarts, the guys who lead us through the battles have been there before. But what do we also have? The new. We have the injection of talent. We have the system that is working. We have Yeri Urinen, the fullback, playing in midfield like we used to bitch about Harrison Affle being up in midfield. But it's working now because it's Eri <laughs> Urinen, you know? We got yeah. the Finnish fucking disaster, uh, Finnish sniper, if you will. Uh, I love Yerry Yurden. I think more and more people are going to fall in love with him as the season goes on. Like, what I love is the way that the the team has bossed games. Uh, we tweeted out a graphic of the three most recent game um, momentum graphs, which show dominance by Charlotte FC. It's not just about the percentage of possession. It's about how you're using that and how you're about forcing um, the other team to react. And even if you're not necessarily getting shots on goal, you're creating action and chances and shots. And Charlotte's been better at that in the last three games than I have ever, ever seen this club, ever. It doesn't yeah. It doesn't matter. The stats prove it, and our eye test proves it. You saw the tactical view against Orlando from yeah. the supporter section. Really uh, we witnessed greatness against LAFC with yep. the team really putting it together. It's these late moments. It's these 15th hole tee boxes that we referenced earlier in terms of like, oh, we might win this game. You can't think we might win this game in the 87th minute. You got to finish the performance. I think Carol knows that. Um, I hate to see him making it, being subbed early because Latanzio's married to this whole like striker for striker thing. Um, I wish that 
Jones or Bender could come out early and we could play Carol and Enzo alongside each other at, uh, for the last 30 minutes of a match. But it doesn't matter what I wish because Christian Latanzio knows way more about football than I've ever known. And uh, it doesn't fucking matter. So let's fucking use the system that we've seen. Let's keep doing what we're doing. And there's as much as I just cited uh, leading the East, won the East, has the MVP, blah, 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 three little fucking birds. You know what? We'll pick all three of those fucking little birds off one by one. They're all beatable. New England has issues with injuries. Philadelphia has not really been the same since League's Cup. Cincinnati, you know, they lost a striker. They're they're not showing the same exact form that they had been showing. I think we beat D.C. If we can beat D.C. to prove me right about how I feel about this team, we can show the same form against D.C. that we showed in the last uh, week uh, before the break, then I'm going to feel comfortable predicting nine points. Three out of four wins. Three out of four wins for a team that has only lost two of its last, I think it is, 12 matches. I think it's 14. 14 matches. Saw that on Reddit. Whatever that's worth. <laughs> Losing is not happening. Yeah. How do we turn the 10-draw season? Right now, Charlotte FC has 10 draws on the year. And I was shocked to see, Danny, the fact that MLS as a whole, when you look at the standings, you won't believe this kind of draw rate. It's actually fucking insane. When you think about this draw rate right now, you can look at Major League Soccer's standings and you can go into the East. Let's check the table. And you can you can you can say that these these teams, DC United, how many draws? Six draws for DC United. Okay, which is good compared right. to the rest of the East. Right. Exactly. And we have what, ten you said, so yeah, we we have the same number of losses, everybody, but we have too many draws compared to. Remember go last the, year. Go, go through the draws. Tell me the draws from Charlotte FC where they're at. That's what I want to know. You want me to go through the uh, the matches, on the, the fixture? No, 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 on the table. Oh, how, how many? The, like who leads the the East in draws or whatever? Yes, yes. All right, we are looking at Atlanta has nine. We have the ten. New York City has twelve, and Toronto has ten. So we're tied for second most draws in the East. We draw with our, Toronto. We draw our face right. off. Two teams that are behind us in the standings have more draws than us or the same. And then uh, Atlanta has uh, one fewer than us. Everybody, Chicago keeps, eight. Everybody keeps talking about the difference between Charlotte FC giving up leads or having a lead mm -hmm. and, or, or being behind by a goal and winning. I don't want to hear that bullshit. I, that draw number is way too high. I know, and it was way too low last year is the issue, right? But the other thing, you know, is table watching. I love a little table watching at this point of a season. You just start looking at this thing, and you're like, hey, this jumps out, this jumps out. I, I see Charlotte has seven wins. There's no one above us in the table that has fewer than eight. So it's like we need wins, exactly what you're saying. Everyone below us has fewer than seven wins. We're not converting wins. We also have fewer losses than all three teams ahead of us yep. by at least two. We have nine Chicago 11, DC 12, Montreal 14. We don't lose, we draw. Right, yeah. It's just, it's fun to dig into this stuff. And what I'm saying is, over this next four game stretch, if we show the form we've shown, I believe in three wins out of four. I don't, I can't pick and choose every single game. I, one thing about me is I've learned in 20 years of covering sports and, and, and working as it professionally and being a fan my entire life, I feel like I'm much stronger at commenting on what I just saw than predicting what I'm about to see. <laughs> My predictions never seem to work out, so well, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah. But, yeah. 100%. And that the truth is that you can predict anything to happen, but in sports... Yeah. If I could predict things, I would. this would be a much more expensive beer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or we would have rented out the barrel room for this episode oh, and had man. a DJ. Maybe I, DJ Fannie Mae. I think that there was an... For what it's worth, DJ Fannie Mae is somebody... <laughs> that I've wanted to have on this show well, for a wouldn't? long time. Yeah, of course, yeah. Should we book she's DJ a legend. Fanny Man? We got a little bit of a backlog, but <laughs> she's on the list for sure. So we're gonna talk to DJ Fanny Mae for sure in the near future, maybe this off season. And in the very short term, we're going to talk to Joe LeBlue, the Charlotte FC president. We're gonna talk to him this week. We're gonna bring you that conversation. And it's going to be exclusively 
right here on the Charlotte Sun. Cannot wait to uh, talk to Joe later this week. And it, it's going to be amazing. Um, feel so, like, they say don't tease things that, until they actually happen, but I feel so confident in this because we have been able to, you know, foster a, a bit of a relationship uh, over the last year and a half that uh, I can't wait to, like, finally get him on mic to share some of the things that we've been able to talk with him about in private that have really, like, illuminated so many of the aspects of this club that, like, really make you understand, like, how much love is behind, like, trying to launch this thing and make this thing a sustainable uh, fan experience in the city of Charlotte. It's, like, such a great city. Like, they, I, I meet people that are new to Charlotte every day. I met I met some people this weekend. I was watching some football games at a bar. Met some folks that were finishing up their second year living in Charlotte. I've been here 10 years. And I just, I said to them, this city grows on you. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. the longer you're here, the more you like it. It's it's like so beautiful. And uh, to know that that's, that's a spirit that is living inside of the offices at this football club that we all cheer for gives me so much confidence for the future. It makes me feel like my fandom is rewarded. So that's going to be a great conversation. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. He is Danny Brams. You can follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby. If you've made it this far in the show, you know a couple different things. You know, number one, that we're talking to Joe later this week. And number two, you know that you are a tremendous friend of the show. And we will answer your question at any time at For the Crown Baby on Twitter. How many points you got out of the next 12 available? I threw out nine. Give me a number. I start with six because I because I think that uh, the first two home matches you want six, and I'll take for, four if I have to. For what it's worth, six is six is acceptable. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to ride the roller coaster anymore. I'm laser focused on the mission, and and I want nine, but six is acceptable. Be, and the reason the, why it all is going to come down to, to the two six point matches against uh, Inter Messi, and what, he's not going to play one of them, so we'll be okay. Yeah, and, and for what it's worth. The reason why I'm uh, thinking six points is because I think six points out of the next two matches at home sure. against D.C. and Philly will be real nice. Which, by the way, shout out on the show, my parents will be at the Philly match with us at the Keep on a Wednesday midweek match Amazing. night in Uptown Charlotte. Even if it rains? Even if it rains. <laughs> Man, the rain against Orlando was so fun. Like, the lo- the losing the two points late against Orlando on that free kick in the – like. That was what, like, as great of a time as it still was, talk about spoiling what could have been one of the most famous nights ever because the rain was glorious. Get in touch with us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. It helps get the word out about the show. We want as many TIFOs in Charlotte as possible. Not because um, we want to make this show as big as possible, because we want to spread the word of of the Charlotte Soccer Show. We want to make yeah. sure people the good news. Uh, can go to a match, get into it, and know that there's a couple episodes during the week that they can listen to other people talk about it in a way that they enjoy it as well. And that's what we're here for. We'll continue to be here for you, TIFOs on the Charlotte Soccer Show. And until next time. For the crown, baby.